favorite place to meet women? It was like at the swap meet over on Crenshaw. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I was, like, I was like, I know you from somewhere, dog. It's like I play for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh right. Oh yes. I see you on TV. <laughs> yeah, there's a part of me that wanted to get my picture taken, but I wanted them to take it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey man, I know you. Can you do me a favor? And this is kind of awkward. Can you take our picture, me and my friend together, right now? Though, just, just, just give him a photo credit. It's like, <laughs> like this is me and my bud, but photo credit by Lance Thomas and Garrett Temple. I don't take pictures of famous people. They take pictures. <laughs> yeah, that's some next level shit. I just would want to see how the, the face of like, it's like, is it okay if you take our picture together? Yeah. It's like, no, we want you to do it. That'd be great if you did it. I'm going to give you further credit. Yeah, it'd be a real thrill for us. Yeah, it's like, I'll put you on Instagram, blow you up. <laughs> do you want me to go and get started? Yeah, let's get started. All right. Welcome. Welcome to Know Your Roles. Back again. Coming to you from Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Land of the uh, Lenape and Canarse tribes, just to acknowledge that. Did that before. I'm not going to do it every time, but I wanted to do it this time. I just want to thank everybody who has been listening, is listening. We appreciate you. Please continue to listen. Hopefully you are enjoying. If you are, please rate and review us on iTunes. It makes a difference. It helps us out. Follow us on Instagram at Know Your Roles Pod. Again, thank you. I also want to thank Brett Haley, our guest last week. We thanked him. You know, I think he he had a good time, but I just want to say again how much fun that was and how thankful we are that he chose to come on and be our first guest. So, uh, yeah. All right. George, what's on your bar? My bar is I am, after 15 years of living in New York City, I have decided to join the crazy people and get a bike. Uh, <laughs> bike. Shout out to my friend Elaine for, for getting it fixed for me. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bike owner. My helmet came in today. I give people shit for not having, for not having helmets. And, uh, and I was riding it the other day without a helmet. I was like, oh, maybe I should get a helmet to protect this, uh, whatever is in this brain right now. But uh, yeah, no, I've got a bike. I'm be riding to work every day and then going on uh, bike trips that people do. I was thinking about Quicksilver, the 86 Kevin Bacon movie. I'm doing that. Just riding my bike around the city, just doing tricks and shit. Delivering messages uh, because <laughs> just in case I can't be a bartender anymore, I might as well be a bike messenger, which is, which is where my head is right now. I'm like, got a bike. If you, uh, if you see me on the streets, don't yell at me because I'm still not used to <laughs> like in the amount of attention that it takes to ride your bike. Got to have your head on a swivel, y'all. Yeah. Just don't yell at me while I'm, while I'm on my effing yeah. bike. You just be uh, like, hey, George. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was riding a bike, riding my bike down the hill the other day, and I instantly thought of that scene in Karate Kid where, like, Daniel goes <laughs> up and gets rocked on the hill. I'm going to get a helmet, so I don't want to end up like Daniel from Karate Kid 1. <laughs> Definitely don't want to end up like Daniel. Yeah, and the helmet came in today, so the only thing, I'm not really concerned about getting hurt on a bike because uh, that's just going to happen. I'm, I'm gearing up for that going to happen. I'm more concerned about having, like, a wet ass. You know, like, just, just like you're sitting on the bike. It's kind of warm out, and maybe you're wearing pants. And you just got like that perfect V on your ass. I just don't want to be seen walking in the streets like that after I park my bike. I would suggest maybe some kind of a like a moisture wicking underwear or something like that. I mean, is it a thing? I don't want to be those douchebags with the bike shorts with the fucking like, and you can see their, you see no, how their dick is. Not bike shorts, but I like something know. under your shorts that contains sweat, right? Like that's a thing. Yeah, I just don't want to go into work or going somewhere looking like there's a glass of water stuck up my ass. Understandable. So that's something that really concerns me, just having a sweaty ass. <laughs> that's it right around the streets of New York. 
Because I don't think that happens for women. Do women have sweaty asses from riding a bike? Well, I think I it's a important thing. I was at a when I was fifteen. I saw No Doubt in concert, <laughs> and Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani at one point was wearing like nylon pants, and this is before she was she was still like tomboy ish, and she was like, "My ass is so sweaty," and like turned around. Said it on TV, or we said it on in a concert. Yeah. Said it in the concert, and I was like fifteen years old, <laughs> and I was like, I, I, "I can help you with that." Yeah, I know. Um, right. So yeah. Women, yeah, sweaty asses. Yeah, I mean, because like Puts I don't go to the gym. I'm just like, and then my ass is just sweaty. <laughs> the thing is, like, I go home from the gym. Uh, talcum powder, I maybe. I don't. For a bar, I just don't. I can't. I can't be bothered with that. Do I bike the whole way up the like two places just without sitting on the bicycle seat? See, this is this is what goes on in my mind. Sweaty <laughs> ass and fucking. Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that there's a solution. There's got to be a solution yeah, somewhere. So, so next person looks at my computer is like last thing at Google was sweaty ass. <laughs> fixes for yeah, like, ass fixes sweat. for a sweaty ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of our Google search histories right now are not are yeah. There's there's some stuff in there. All of us, some weird searches. Uh, yeah, I support that. I love that you're biking now. You can see in the background, I have a bike that mostly just stays up on the wall. Yeah, you're like, like your your apartment is like a Seinfeld episode, just a bunch of people <laughs> that are in the apartment that nobody sees. Yeah, like, it's like not... a Superman, Superman doll, and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so there's like VHS. <laughs> yeah, it's just up there. A guitar I haven't played in years up there somewhere. Yeah, yeah you know. All right, yeah. So uh, you're biking now. You're a biker. You're officially. Officially a biker, yeah. Biker. I'm uh I'm uh excited about being a biker. <laughs> I mean I got like a I got like a free bike, so I mean you can't be mad at that. Because of COVID I've adopted the bandana look. <laughs> so it works. My bike is black, gotta it's like no, I'm just like that. I'm gonna be going out there looking stylish, but gotta make sure my ass is not completely wet. Well, if you're wearing all black, it might not be as much of a problem, so Ooh. Wear all black. Like find some black pants. <laughs> that might be the solution. <laughs> that might be the solution, yeah. Because you can't you you walk out there with khakis, people are wondering what's wrong with you. Yeah, and then you got all <laughs> black everything. Yeah, yeah. You start uh, you might look ridiculous with khakis on. Yeah, no, no khakis. Yeah. We're not in the nineties gap ad. Dude, I, I vow to never wear khakis ever again. I, don't I mean able to this one place. I might wear some khakis, but you know. It's a hard, it's a hard look to rock. I'm, I'm a white guy. I have to have. I ha, I like. Ha, I contractually have to have a pair of khakis. You can make khakis look dope, though. There's like, there's some khakis just like, man, your asshole is, your ass is on your shoulders with those things on. It's like, there's, you can make khakis look tight. There's a way to look them just like. Yeah, that, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're called chinos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't wear khakis, get chinos. Yeah, right. ag- yeah, agreed, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> What's in your bar? All right. I just want to quickly say this was a really tough week. I talked about before about bringing up things that people don't normally want to talk about. I want to make that clear and say to white people, (laughs) it's okay to bring up stuff that people don't want to talk about to white people. (laughs) Um, Because us white people, myself, and white people that are listening need need to hear that. And I, I, so I'm going to spare George most of that. I'm just going to quickly say that if Like I said, this was a pretty tough week. If you are feeling in any way hopeless, like things are hopeless, I want you to remember that hopelessness is a privilege. And 
people who are in these fights don't really have time to be sad and wallowing. And I say that for myself as well, as a white person, sometimes you're like, well, we can't do anything. It's terrible. The world's terrible. But here's the thing. We can do stuff because these fights are going on. And I just want to say, I'm not going to tell anyone what to do. That's not for anyone to, to say, but I will say, just do something, do something because we all kind of need to do something again, all us white people. Anyway, I just wanted to say that and I wanted to talk about a couple of things that are happening that are interesting and kind of representing things I have talked about on this show in the, in the last few weeks about thinking about things differently and, and forging ahead. And I wanted to talk about changing the model, a couple of things that are changing the model. And George, you can probably fill in some stuff as well. The restaurant industry. I mean, we've talked a lot about how it's daunting, all the steps of reopening and what the job is and all sorts of things. It's, it's very changing. But I do want to say that during this last six months and the pandemic and, and everything, it has been really cool and inspiring to see the restaurant industry be this innovative, creative place made up of a bunch of small businesses that we know it to be doing things that are new and, and taking the time and, and adapting. And, you know, that's all sorts of things like there's a restaurant in Brooklyn that was giving away free meals to service industry workers. And then there's places that are that are changing their restaurant into more of a, a grocery store with, you know, meal kits and, and things to make your own stuff at home. Oh. There's all, yeah. And I know your place was kind of doing some of some of that stuff. There's places that were still ordering food and they wanted to use their food and they weren't having the customer base that they're used to. So they started working with organizations, delivering food to hospital workers and then also to protesters and all that stuff. I mean, that's so awesome. And it, it's just, again, like I said, changing the model and not being so rigid in that, like, this is the way that we've always done things. So we need to do this like this forever until we all die. <laughs> Instead of what people are doing, which is this is a new time and it presents new challenges. And we want to, all the outdoor dining stuff. I mean, we're hoping let's continue to push for safety in restaurants and let's continue to push for the restaurant industry, you know, because the outdoor dining stuff that has been happening is so cool. Again, a great adaptation to what is going on, but that's going to end as we know, because the city doesn't, you know, all these things, but we need to be really helping these, these places. And like I said, it's cool that people are changing the model. Another thing that the model is slightly changing that we just got tickets to, which I think is cool. I'm kind of excited for it. I know this this isn't the what you're looking forward to part, but is the New York Film Festival. The New York Film Festival is doing mostly virtual stuff, but also they're doing some drive-in stuff. And we just got tickets. Yeah, they're doing one all over. They're, they're, they have several different sites. One is in Brooklyn by us, the Brooklyn Army Terminal, which is like Sunset Park uh, industrial yeah. area. Yeah, sure. I love that place. Super cool place to do an outdoor movie. We are going to see one of the Steve McQueen films. Steve McQueen has a... The filmmaker, uh, 12 Years a Slave, Shame, Hunger, Widows. Very interesting, powerful filmmaker. He has like an anthology series that is going to drop, I think, on Amazon later in the fall. Uh, that yeah, is like, John Boyega's in that. Yeah, exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention him later, actually, in our segment. But yeah, John Boyega is in the one we're going to see. It's called Red, White, and Blue. And they're all about the Black and West Indian population and neighborhoods in London from like the 60s to the 80s. And this is an area, this is a topic that doesn't, we haven't seen that much on film and cool. But again, changing the model, there are new ways to do things. There are safe 
er ways to do things. And, you know, I think that's cool. And I think that's something that continues to look out for and support. And if you are someone who runs a, a business, I think the more creative you can be is going to be to your benefit at this point. Because, you know, we've seen that the city and these governments don't care. So we have to do it for ourselves. Anyway, that's Bar Talk. I feel good. We're going to move into who is the who of what or who in the what or what and who and who and what, whatever the fuck we want to call it. <laughs> um, it'll change whatever. Uh, we're going to be talking playoff baseball today because that's going to be something that's coming up. We're going to be talking playoff baseball and we're going to be comparing playoff baseball teams to teen movies. Teen movies. Now we're using, we'll come up with our own definitions for that, but you can uh, think about some of those. And I'm doing National League teams and George is doing American League teams. George, is there anything else you want, anything you want to say about playoff baseball or, or teen movies? So uh, this year's format, they're doing, a, they're, it's going to be eight teams in each uh, each division. We decided we're going to do five, five of our, the more intriguing teams, whether or not that we think are going to good, that they're good or bad, or we think are going to win, just the five more intriguing teams. So if your team was not mentioned, I'm sorry, they just weren't that interesting to us, but I'm sure they'll be fine, especially in the American League on the side that I chose, which is basically a crapshoot. So if you want to start it off. I was doing National League teams. And, and like George said, I mean, you know, we're not doing all eight teams. So it's just kind of what intrigued me. There's still a lot up in the air. So I kind of picked mostly teams that have clinched already. I'm going to go ahead and do my first one. And that is the San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres. Now, this is a very young team. Very exciting team. They're very flashy, led by emerging stars, Fernando Tatis. And some of their pitching, their young pitching staff, Fernando Tatis Jr., as well as Manny Machado, who was already kind of a star and he was like their big addition. They also have a lot of interesting pieces like Eric Hosmer plays first base, pretty good player. That's a pretty good team. I think that they are, like I said, very young, very exciting. They play the game with a lot of energy. Fernando Tatis was criticized for hitting a grand slam when his team was already ahead swinging away on three and oh which you know if you don't know what that means i'll tell you it's really just old school bullshit like you don't like it's these all these unwritten rules to the game where even someone as myself would have been like yeah like you don't there's a certain way things are done that's all bullshit that's all bullshit like these guys can play the game however the fuck they want to play and express themselves and i love it and we're fucking here for it but anyway they are young, exciting, flashy. That's why the teen movie that they reminded me of the most is Dope. Dope. The 2015 Rick Fumayiwa. I don't know if I quite said that right. But Dope. It's a really good movie. It's a, it's a teen movie about this kind of nerdy black kid named Malcolm. He is kind of an outcast. He's in his senior year, he's trying to get into Harvard and he kind of gets wrapped up in some things that he wasn't quite prepared for, but it's a very fun movie. It's not a 100% perfect movie, but it it's very fun. It's very flashy. It's very entertaining. It's very wild. There's a couple of parts in it where I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. But uh, it's definitely like, that's that's it's kind of by design because it really toes the line of over the top comedy type silliness to like really real shit. 
that happens and you're kind of like, whoa, the tone just, and I don't know if it does that a hundred percent successfully, but that's why there's San Diego Padres. Cause I think that team is maybe a year early or so that they're, they're going to get better. They there's, they're kind of on a, on a trajectory. And also there's so many people in dope and there's a lot of rappers and some of them I didn't recognize that much. I had to look up, but there's like, like Tyga is in it. And then guys I did recognize, which ASAP Rocky is like the, the, one of the leads. He's, very good. He's, he's very, really good. Yeah, he's yeah. very good in it. He's my favorite part of the movie. He's really good in it. Also, Vince Staples is funny in it. But like, there's so many people in it, and I thought it was funny because same thing with the Padres. A bunch of people I've heard of, but couldn't pick out like their pitching staff. Can you tell me what Danielson Lamette looks like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. George is making a face, but uh, you can imagine. Sure. And this is—he's like their number one pitching. Pro- I mean, he's been yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, Dope is a cool movie. The music is incredible. There's so much cool music in it. Tribe, Nas, Diggable Planets. Cool movie. Padres, fun team. Two fun things. San Diego Padres, the Rick Fumayiwa. Dope. Um, uh, that's pretty good. So I, before we were, was doing, was doing my research, Empire Magazine online did a top 50 teen movies of all time. And Dope, of course, made the list. It's funny, like me being older, it reminds me a lot of Risky Business, which is interesting because Risky Business takes some of the weird chances and like, there's a guy trying to get into college and blah, 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 blah. Risky Business is not on the list. So I'm glad Dope replaced that movie because Dope dope is very interesting and Risky Business had a run, but yeah. just put some newer movies in there. My first team is, uh, I'm going to start off with the Chicago White Sox who are currently trending in the wrong direction. Losers of five straight, three and seven in their last 10. Now, if we had had this conversation a week ago, I would probably compare them to a different movie. Led by Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu is probably going to win the AL MVP. I think he's batting 344 with 17 home runs. The guy is unconscious. He has as many RBIs as they played games. Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, their pitching is uh, at the top. My my man with the dope beard, Dallas Keiko, and Lucas Giolito. Unfortunately, they're just just not playing well recently. So... uh, at 34 and 23, again, if this had been a week ago, I would have probably compared it to a different movie. But I'm going to compare them to Just One of the Guys, directed by Lisa Gottlieb in 1985. Empire Magazine did not have them on the list. Now, again, if this had been two years ago, Just One of the Guys probably does make the top end of this all time. But for those of you who don't know who Just One of the Guys is, Just One of the Guys is a movie about a teen journalist. She is uh, hoping to get the job of her dreams at the local college, being an intern for the student paper, she submits an article at her uh, at her school, and she thinks that she wasn't chosen because she's an attractive woman. So she decides, is like, how about I resubmit that article at a different school, but I pretend to be a guy. And when she submits that article, yada, yada, of course, uh, their school paper is like, well, this is good, but it's not great. Why don't you think of something else to write about? While she's thinking about something else to, to write about, she falls in love with this guy that she's trying to help become cool at this new high school. And long story short, there's a whole thing that happens, and the two of them wind up together at the end of the movie. They become she, cool? They, 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 stay, they end up together. Like Once, he, <laughs> when she, once, once she uh, admits to him, it's like, hey, I'm really actually a girl. And, and he's like, oh, my gosh. She's like completely like, what the hell is going on? It's like, you completely tricked me. But she turned and made him into this really, really cool guy. And she submits that article to the paper and gets the internship and at the end of the movie gets the guy. This movie is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but I've always enjoyed it. Again, had I had this been like a week ago, I probably would have compared it to a different team. But the fact that this didn't make Empire's top 50 movie teen movies of all time makes sense because it is 
like the Chicago, Chicago White Sox trending in the wrong direction. You can say it. So the White Sox, hopefully they can they can pull out a couple wins at the end of the season, but losers of five straight, three and seven in the last ten is not good. Just one of the guys is a great movie for some, but they might be the first one out when the playoffs come. So shout out to Jose Abreu, who's probably going to win AL. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, being a white being a White Sox fan, I, I I don't really disagree with you. Uh, they I they're another team kind of like the Padres. I think they're like a year ahead of schedule. I mean, they're they're going to be even better next year. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they are not playing well. It's so interesting this this weird ass Frankenstein baseball season. You know, we've been talking about this just in texts and stuff the last few weeks, but. The baseball is a it's a it's a hundred and sixty two game season normally, and a ten game stretch isn't necessarily it's it's like a drop in the bucket. But now a ten game you know, and so so you know when you're talking about getting ready for the playoffs and getting like your playoff rotation and getting in the mindset, you have like a month to do that. I mean, they're not even you have to fight to make the playoffs, and now you got to get ready and mm-hmm. the playoffs start like next week. And yeah, I think. A lot of teams that looked good at one point in the season, it's really going to be who's hot and who's not at the right time, which brings me to my next one. Let's get both of the Chicago teams out of the fucking way early, and I'm going to do the Cubs, who I didn't really want to spend that much time on, but I found myself, like I said, I was only doing kind of teams that clinched, and the Cubs are one of those teams, team I have followed pretty much my whole life, that like, especially right now, since they won the World Series, they are a little overrated. <laughs> They're a little bit overrated. Uh, they have a bunch of guys who are entering their primes right now who it looked like they were going to be the studs of the studs. And when they won that World Series, it looked like they were going to definitely win another one within you know, a few years. And that hasn't happened. And we're kind of at the point where like these guys, are they going to take off now and be those you know, guys that were like on, legitimately on a Hall of Fame trajectory? Like Chris Bryant, the first couple of years in the league, I mean, he won the MVP and the Rookie of the Year. I mean, he was like the best player in the league at, at like 20. And, you know, he's been hurt and he hasn't performed. Uh, you know, and and every, I mean, almost everybody on the team this year is batting like below 230. It's really funny because the best players on the team, the only reasons why they're good are Jason Hayward and you Darvish two high price free agents that didn't perform as soon as they signed their contract and like Cubs fans and national media as well, just hammered them and mercilessly went after Hayward and Darvish. And like I said, those guys are the two best guys on the team now. Um, but anyway, that's why they, and, and also I wanted to mention uh, Theo Epstein, certainly someone who's a hall of famer as a general manager, president, baseball president. Um, this guy's certainly a genius. He's, he's incredible, but this team probably not his best team. He's probably had better teams, which is why I have two words when it comes to whether the Cubs are going to win this year. And those are as if, because they are the movie clueless 1995 by Amy Heckerling. They also are clueless because they can't hit for shit. <laughs> they cannot hit as much as they got those high price, but they are clueless. Amy Heckerling director again, I would say probably not her best movie. I think you might talk about another movie of hers. That yeah, I, there's a little, little, little. Yeah. Before there's there's a dozen movies that. Yeah, we'll get. We're gonna get to that. But clueless. What's been the clueless stands though? Because there are people who are like clueless is their shit. 
Oh, no. <laughs> I've want I've been watching Clueless the last like I've watched parts of it the last few days. It's good. It's Clueless it's good. still funny and it's still likable. Although there's a couple of things about it. I mean, first of all, she gets like Alicia Silverstone. She gets with Paul Rudd. That's her stepbrother. It's her stepbrother. It's fucking weird and creepy. He like works with her dad and he's like coveting her for half the movie. It's fucking weird. It's creepy. Okay. Yeah. It's, first, like, first was not good. it's like the Cubs in that there's a bunch of people that when this was made, it was like, these are going to be the next huge, like Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Donald Faison, Jeremy Sisto, Brittany Murphy, rest in peace. There's all these young up and comers and really the only person that made it like made it is Paul Rudd and nobody else. I mean, Stacey Dash, very problematic comments. Uh, yeah, she not. Yeah. So, she, you know, she could be the Chris Bryant. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, well, no, we all know that the Cubs have plenty, plenty of people in their ownership and, and on their team who say stupid, problematic it's unfortunate shit. That, like the, the two people in the all falls down video, the three people in the all falls down video. Only one of them is like, really worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is like, no. <laughs> they yeah. <laughs> but it also has like a couple of, the movie has a couple of wily veterans in it that really are pulling their weight every time they're on screen, which is Wallace Shawn, of course, as a teacher who, you know, the guy's never been not entertaining. I mean, he's awesome. And then Dan Hedaya as the dad, uh, which I actually worked with him once on a short film that was a complete fucking disaster, but he was such a nice guy and totally put up with all this bullshit Bush League stuff that happened. Yeah, Dan Hedaya, a nice guy. So the Cubs, they've had better teams than this one. Amy Hackerling, she's made better movies than Clueless. <laughs> so, yeah, Cubs, Clueless. That's what they are. And they probably won't do anything. <laughs> so my next team are the Oakland A's, uh, 34 and 22, 5 and 5 in their last 10 they're going to be the only representative, actually, from the AL West because it doesn't look like Houston's going to get in, which is unfortunate. Every so often, as much as I've enjoyed watching sports, I do miss fans uh, in the stand, and I really, really wish Houston was in the playoffs or Houston was going to make the playoffs. They're, they're 20 and 27. They look like they're going to make it, and they're five and a half games out of first. But I, I really just want to just hear people booing and, like, Houston asterisks and all that <laughs> shit, all those, like, signs for that. And if there's ever a franchise, I wish there was, like, teams, there was people in the stands for it would be Oakland. The Warriors moved to San Francisco. The Raiders have moved to Vegas. And uh, the Oakland A's are as, as good players as they have, like Marcus Simeon, Mark Kanha, Matt Olson. He's got 14 home runs. Mike Pierce has got six wins. Liam Hendricks has got 14 saves, which is crazy because there's only there's only going to be 60 games played. So a fifth of their, their wins have, have come with, uh, or I'm sorry, half of their wins has come with, Liam Hendricks gave him the save. So, uh, a team we never hear about. A team we never hear about. So I gave them the movie Election because as great as the movie Election is, Election, you don't really rank them, rank it as one of the better team movies. Although in my mind, I think it's great. Empire Magazine has Election as the number 19 greatest team movie, which means there's 18 other movies that are better than, than, than Election. Election is great. Election's got a star turn with Reese Witherspoon, and you've got my man Matthew Broderick, who's going to get mentioned in a, a little bit later. Who's, I guess, one of the, the goats of teen movies. Thinking of all the movies that he's done, and it's a, it's a great story. It's a Tom Perotta novel, and it's a great movie. You got Chris Klein's in that thing. Unfortunately, there just happens to be other teen movies that you think of before you get to Election, and that's kind of how I feel about the Oakland A's. It just happens to be three teams in the Central that are going to make the playoffs. One team in the East, or two teams in the East. And one of those teams is the Blue Yankees. And that other team is 
the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, who happen to be 37 and 20. So as much as I'm rooting for the A's and as much as I love the movie Election, it's just not those other team movies. So the Oakland A's, God bless them, I want them to go far. It's just this may not be their thing. And I feel yeah. like it's every year for them. It, it is. Uh, yeah. sh- shout out to my uncle, Jack, who's been a lifelong Oakland A's fan and always is willing to, is ready to be like, it's because nobody watches them play. They're really good. <laughs> uh, and they are. They, they always are. They, they're like, you know, the little team that could. You got a book and a goddamn movie, an Oscar movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And then people are so like, oh, yeah, I forgot there's a team. In- that's how <laughs> it was like, oh, oh, yeah. Even when I thought of it, I was like, oh, right. That is a team movie. Election. Great movie, though. I think that's probably his, you know, I don't know, it's his best movie. I, I don't, well, Nebraska might be. I don't, he's not my favorite. He's not my favorite. He's got, I think he's got three that are kind of like right here, and then maybe one that's kind of like here, and then somewhere in the middle. Like, I think The Descendants is pretty good, but of those movies, Sideways and Election is the movie I've seen the most. I can watch that at any time. About Schmidt, I've seen like twice. About Schmidt is not. I don't like that movie it's not, at all. It's not fun. No, it's not at all. And and yeah. that's the thing is, it's one thing to make a movie with unlikable characters, but it's another thing to make a movie with characters that are so unlikable that you don't give a fuck about them and you don't yeah. want to watch them. And Election, I would say, it does toe that line. It's kind of like these characters; those characters are kind of nasty, but it's still the tone of it. It still works, and I still think that's a pretty good movie. But some of it, like about Schmidt, like I don't care, and I'm not, I like we're not in on the joke, you know what I mean? Like it just, you're just being a dick. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I've only seen that movie once, and I remember thinking, it was like, this is, like, there's a there's a moment in my life that I was like a big fan of Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor, but uh, the Descendants was actually on the other day, and I was like, this is not bad. They got a good performance on the Matthew Lillard. <laughs> which, which all, is all right, so I'm going to go ahead and pick another team that is certainly a, a major market team, a big name, but they don't, I feel like they're always there. They're always in the hunt and they don't always get looked at, which is the Cardinals. And this is a team that I've always kind of hated, you know, just on principle because they're, they're the Cubs rivals. So, you know, if a team plays you enough times and beats you enough times, you don't like that team. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Cubs Cardinals games were, were very fun when I was a kid. By fun, I mean not that fun when 30-year-olds are like trying to wrestle 13-year-olds for like the baseball and shit. But uh, anyway, the Cardinals are a very good, solid team. They don't completely jump out at you, but they have a lot of really good players. And they also have a couple of guys. Well, they have they have a guy who was accomplished, was like pretty good, but he played on a team. I'm talking about Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt, their best player, MVP candidate almost every year. He's slugging first baseman. He's probably one of the best hitters, but he's not flashy. He's not exciting in that way. He just goes to work. And he was on... Arizona team that wasn't very good for many years and then he kind of went to the Cardinals and now he's more of a contributor to a really good team and it's a team that they're always good I mean over the past this is a crazy stat and especially you know as a Cubs fan it's hard to hear this but since the year 2000 the Cardinals have won the division 10 out of 20 years so they win the division every other year and that's that's 20 years. That's several different teams, so many different players, different managers. That's fucking impressive. And it means that your front office and your GM are really good and they really understand how to build teams. And that's John Moselic or Moselic. I don't really know how to pronounce his name. He's been the GM there, the president 
of baseball forever. And they have a good mix. They have some young guys. They have Goldschmidt, who's their guy. They have Wainwright, who's like the old Wiley veteran. He's still fucking pitching, still pretty good. They have Flair. They have a, a lot of younger, really good pitching. Jack Flaherty. That is why I believe they are teen movie from 2005. Brick. Brick by Ryan Johnson. An awesome movie. I saw that movie twice in theaters because I was so into it. It was so exciting and entertaining to me. It's a teen high school noir movie. And it's very stylized and you and it's kind of silly. You kind of have to go with it. But it's so interesting. It's so cool. And there's a guy in it who was kind of like already had done things already known, but this kind of proved that he was, could be a leading guy and took off. And that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, JGL, as they call him <laughs> in teen magazines, I'm assuming that's what they call him. And he kills it in this movie. He's so good. He's so compelling. And then there's like a bunch of weird side characters of people that I haven't, or you've seen in random things. The the woman is very good. I think her name is Nora Zetner. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Also has some older actors like uh, Richard Roundtree plays the principal, of course, Shaft. So he, to me, is the Adam Wainwright. <laughs> it's directed by Ryan Johnson. And that was like his first movie. And we know now that he's gone on to do like a Star Wars or, and that is whatever. But he's, you know, whether you like that or don't, um, He's done some really interesting, cool other movies. Brick being his first one. Looper is also, I really like that movie a lot. I kind of like Brothers Bloom too, which was kind of shit on a lot in the press. And it's not perfect for sure, but it's it's fun and it's it's interesting. And also he just did Knives Out, which I think is like really fucking awesome and fun. Uh, also directed a couple of episodes of Breaking Bad that are incredible. The better ones, yeah. Yeah, Fly, which is like, ooh, that one's so good. But yeah. Brick is the St. Louis Cardinals, a team that's going to be, that surprises you how good they are. I don't know if they'll win the championship, but if they win a round or two in the playoffs, I won't be surprised. All right. So we've got three left, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and put in the team that I think is going to win it, even though I don't think it's going to be, I don't, I don't think it's like uh, my favorite team movie, but uh, it is a team movie that I like a lot. I mean a lot. I mean a lot, a lot. And for some reason, sorry, I was on TV. So the team that I think is actually going to win it or represent the AL is the Minnesota Twins, 35 and 22. They're in the that division in the Central is lethal because the White Sox, the aforementioned White Sox that I talked about earlier, and Cleveland, which I'm not going to talk about because we only really need to talk about two teams in the Central. Let's not go crazy. Minnesota's got like if 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 it's not a Brady that wins the AL uh, MVP, they have the guy who may win it, which is Nelson Cruz. He's batting through 14, 16 home runs. Also on this team is Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, pitchers Jose Barrios, Quinta Meda. I think it's Meda, but for some reason I want to pronounce it like he's Spanish. Uh, Quinta Meda, I think Meda is like 6-1. and one. Um, And then like we also got Tyler Clippard, my man with the glasses, and Rich Hill, the former Dodger. This, this, this team is nice. I think they're going to have the juice to sort of uh, make it to the end because like Everybody else in the AL that they would possibly play in the first and second round, I think they can beat them. And not only can they beat them, I think they can beat them pretty well. And then when history rewrites itself as far as like teen movies, as far as if history ever rewrites teen movies, I think Mean Girls is what I'm comparing Minnesota Twins to is going to be the greatest teen movie of all time. Written and directed by Tina Fey, this movie came out in 2004, which I didn't realize it's like it's already that old. 
And on Empire Magazine's online uh, top 50 team movies of all time, it is currently number five. It has aged nicely. The jokes are still funny. Quit trying to make fetch happen is a reference that people still will try to make. And I think Minnesota, even this shortened season, is going to be that team. They're going to be like, you know what? If and when they do represent the AL, which is what which I think they will, they're going to be like, look, even if they have been 162 games or 80 games or unfortunately 60 games, that team was legit really good. And Mean Girls, doesn't matter who you are, everybody appreciates Mean Girls. It's funny. It's, it's charming. It is, sort of gives you an insight and probably one of the better insights of what it's like to be uh, a, a girl in high school. So, and, and, and it's nice with it, just like Minnesota is. So I already picked my, my winner of the AL. And I'm going to tell you, my, one of my, uh, the, the, the movie that represent them is Mean Girls, and Minnesota is the Mean Girls. Boom. Great movie. And I think you're right. I think that is a very good team. I don't know who is going to, I think the American League is almost wide open. Um, it's too wide open because I was doing all my research. I was looking at those like, God bless these guys. They are really good. My only really good. reason why I would say that they might not is because they don't have a great track record in the playoffs. That's the only thing that's going to hold them back. Especially when they play the Yankees, unfortunately. Yeah. They always get killed by the Yankees. But that is a good team. And you're right, the Central. I mean, also, like, as a White Sox fan, too, Cleveland is a team that scares me the most. I told you, I said that to you in a text the other day. It's because they're another one of those teams, like the Cardinals. Like, they're always there. They're always good. They play the game the right way, you know, as far as fundamentals. They don't make silly mistakes. And they pitch really well. I mean, I still, I'll say that till the day I die. You win with pitching and defense. You just do. And defense generally win. The best defense generally wins in every sport. You know, of course, there are exceptions. But, uh, yeah, you got to play good defense. And Mean Girls, yeah, that's a great fucking movie. It's it's hysterical. It's it's great. great. Yeah, like 15 years from now, it'll be the best high school movie. But I just happen to have better movies as right now. So, so I'm going to go ahead and pick another young and exciting team to pair with a young and exciting movie. Um and that is the team out of Atlanta. Atlanta. They are very good. Uh, just quick disclaimer. I'm not going to say their name. I'm kind of done with saying these team names that make money off of indigenous cultures. Even one, even a particular hockey team that I support in Chicago. Uh, I'm not going to get into that right now. But like I said, I'm not going to say the name. So anyway, Atlanta. They're a really good team. Really, really good. They've kind of been on the rise the last couple years. And they've kind of been a hot pick. But they might be... This might be their year. They're really good. They've got a couple of young studs who are going to be incredible and already are, which one is Freddie Freeman, who he potentially could win the NL MVP. Canadian. Canadian Freddie Freeman. Yeah, he's awesome. Solid hitter. I mean, he, you know, is one of these guys doesn't strike out that much. He hits for power. He hits for average. Very smart. Very good fielder at first. He's awesome. And the other guy who's a stud is Ronald Acuna Jr., who plays in the outfield, who we've seen him kind of burst on the scene the last, like, two years. This guy is legit. He's, yeah, like I said, these guys are bona fide young guys. And then they got, like, a bunch of guys who we don't, we've heard their names, but they haven't, like, quite distinguished themselves yet. Like, young guys like Dansby Swanson, which is maybe the most ridiculous name in all of sports, Dansby Swanson. Former first-round pick. He's kind of starting to come, come into his own. They have guys like Austin Riley, Adam Duvall, Ozzie Albies. Good young players, not quite stars. Maybe they will be. And then they have like some older established guys who are contributing, like Nick Markakis, Ozuna, who's having a great season. Their pitching 
is more of an unknown. They have a couple of Max Freed had a, has had a great year. It's kind of, again, guys ha- haven't distinguished themselves yet. So that is why, to me, they are another movie that is really fucking exciting, super fucking fun. And that is the film from 2011, Attack the Block. Attack the Block is a British teen movie monster comedy. It's incredible. It's kind of a smaller movie. It's really, really entertaining. It's about some kids in London who are from the city and, you know, they're scraping by, part partially getting into trouble. Basically, their small little underserved London neighborhood gets invaded by aliens. <laughs> and and these kids are the last line of defense. And, and they, they like don't give a fuck. So they, they're going to take the aliens on. <laughs> but it's super fun and, and cool. And it's also got a couple of young stars who are like at the time of this movie just about to take off. And the one guy who we mentioned is John Boyega. John Boyega is the star. He's awesome. Um, plays a character named Moses. And uh, the other, the woman, the main woman who's in it is, her name is Jodie Whittaker, who, you know, she's bigger in Britain than she is here, but she you've probably we've seen her on an episode of black mirror and also she's not this isn't really my thing but millions of people love it is she's doctor who she's like the new doctor who or on doctor who i i don't know don't doctor who fans please don't <laughs> come after me please don't at me but she's crazy popular bona fide bona fide like freddie freeman and ronald acuna there's also a bunch of older british actors in it too like nick frost is in it he's very funny. It's a, it's a really good movie. I, I recommend it. It's very funny. It's very fun. It's super entertaining. And it's, you know, it's a monster movie. And I think it's better better than it better than it got credit for. And this, this Atlanta team, I'm going to slip up from time to time. This Atlanta team is very good. They're very good. They're young and up and coming. And I think in the next few years, they, they might win. They could win one. You know, whether it's this year or next, they're going to be good for a few more years. So yeah, Atlanta damn it atlanta attacked the block no that's okay watching the washington game and it was actually kind of fun to see how many times that they would go to say and they would just go i mean football team so yeah so, we're all gonna be learning that but you know it's a, like, it, it, those are professionals so you're, you're fine <laughs> move right along i'm gonna choose my next team and that is the new york yankees 32 and 25 uh Six and four in our last 10. Again, if we had done this a week ago or a week and a half ago, then we were to talk about New York Yankees being busters and being under 500. And then they just went on a tear. They're second place in the American League East. I'm going to talk about the first place team as my last team. But I'm going to talk about these guys, uh, led by DJ LeMahieu, who I thought was hurt, but now I think it's back. Luke Voigt, Gio Ursula, pitching. I mean, you spend a bunch of money for, to, for this guy to be great, and he's also been great. He's got a few starts that have been kind of kind of messy, but Derek Cole's good. And they also Playoffs have some knockout. And they still have Jay Happ, and they still have Zach Britton. You also you forget that, like, even though they haven't won a title in eleven years, they still the New York Yankees. And they still have won twenty seven titles. So even though this guy is a king of teen movies, I'm just not crazy about these other ones because they haven't aged well. With the exception of this movie, the New York Yankees is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> Consistently great. Always, I always find something interesting to like about it every time I watch it. And even though, like, I can't stand the Yankees, Ferris Bueller is will be on any list as far as a teen movie of all time. And on Empire's uh, magazine, 
uh, top 15 movies of team movies of all time. Ferris Bueller edging out Mean Girls right now is number five of the greatest team movies of all time. And Ferris Bueller is still a great movie, even though the only thing that bothers me about it is like Matthew Broderick and Ally Rock clearly look like they're 25. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, it was like the Yankees are the Yankees are always going to be in the mix, no matter who's even the down years for some reason. I feel like they're always relevant, maybe because we live in New York, maybe because we have to read the back pages of papers. But just like Ferris Bueller, the Yankees are always going to be there in some capacity. So Ferris Bueller's day off, New York Yankees. Yeah, I echo those sentiments. I I uh I think so. I think they're they're that movie definitely compares to uh, the Yankees too in that like both good but if you met Ferris Bueller in real life you probably want to punch him in the face <laughs> you probably want to punch him in the face that's all I'm going to say but yeah cool alright so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to finish out my National League teams and I saved the best team for last this isn't my subjective opinion I mean they, are, they have the best record <laughs> And they also have the highest price talent, and they've they've been everybody's pick, which is the Dodgers. The Dodgers, for all intents and purposes, they should. I mean, you know, having the highest payroll, having the best stats, having the most talented players on paper. For all intents and purposes, they should run away with this. They should run away with the National League. They should probably win the World Series. Now, we already talked about it last week especially with basketball and we're seeing it again when that the Miami heat might make the fucking finals, which is the most talented team on paper doesn't always win. And that's why it's exciting. That's why it's hard, right? Uh, that's why it's really hard to win a championship because the Dodgers are a team that they've been picked to win a championship like the last three, four years. And they've been really close. They've gotten really close, but they've never been able to, to get it done, but they have a great, great team. I mean, it's not just, it's not just, hyperbole in saying that they should run away with it. I mean, they have, they had the best team in the league and then they got an MVP in Mookie Betts. So they are now led by Mookie Betts. And then last year's NL MVP, Cody Bellinger, who hasn't had a great year, but because the nature of the season is so like we were saying, it's going to be, it's all about 10 game runs, essentially. Like you definitely could see Cody Bellinger turn it on and get hot and any of these guys, you know, or, or slump because it's a 162-game season. You can tell more of where a guy is at. But 60 games, I mean, it could really vary. They might just be on a hot streak and, you know, it gets hot or cold. But anyway, uh, that team is really good. They're also all the other players, all the fill-out players are really good, like Corey Seager, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, and then your pitching staff, uh, Clayton Kershaw, who used to be the best pitcher in baseball, isn't anymore, but I still think he's a pretty damn good pitcher. And I know he's had a lot of playoff fails. As we said before, that picture of him on the bench is, you know, all-time classic. Uh, I have nightmares about that. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. But he's still pretty damn good, and I, I still wouldn't bet against him. Walker Bueller, they also they, they have a really good young young staff. They also have a pretty cool manager, Dave Roberts, who used to be a player and was a really good player, but wasn't certainly not somebody who's going to be a Hall of Famer. He won a championship with the Red Sox. Famously, he stole a base that led to the winning run, but he was a part-time player. He was essentially a pinch runner at that point, the end of his career. But interesting, interesting guy, player, became a coach, which is why they relate to a movie with directed by a person who is also an actor, which is, and I think, the best movie that came out that year. And one of the... You know, maybe not 
traditionally what you think of when you think of the words teen movie, but one of, I think, the best movies in the last 10 years, which is Lady Bird. Lady Bird is a phenomenal fucking movie directed by Greta Gerwig, who also an actor. I think Greta Gerwig is a good actor, although I do think she has played a lot of the same parts, which kind of, you know, but I think that ultimately, especially after Lady Bird, I know she did Little, the Little Women and, you know, she's working on new stuff, but I think that she's going to be, I think she's already an awesome director. And I think she's going to be an even better director than she is an actor. And I think Dave Roberts is going to be an even better manager than he is, than he was a player. And yeah, Lady Bird also like the Dodgers led by those two huge big name guys just balling out Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts. Lady Bird with performances from Sorcha Ronan and Lori fucking Metcalf, Chicago's own Lori Metcalf. I mean, giving one of the most incredible I those two performances, I mean, Laurie Metcalf acts in like one thing every 10 years and she, she is unbelievable. I mean, that performance and the writing of that movie is so good. And not to mention the two of them, Sorcerer Ronan is, is phenomenal. And, you know, she is already kind of a star when that movie hits, but now she's like in the stratosphere. She's like a leading actor. She can carry whatever she's proven it, you know, much like, MVP winner Mookie Betts, MVP winner Cody Bellinger. We give him the benefit of the doubt, right? And also all the smaller roles in Lady Bird are awesome. Tracy Letts, another Chicago guy, another theater guy. Oh my God, he's incredible. And he gives a great performance as well as it's a good mix of young and old, right? So a couple, a bunch of other like newcomers, like Lucas Hedges, who I think a really good actor. He takes a lot of interesting roles. I, I'm interested in, in him going forward. Also, also, of course, Timothy Chalamet which is like one of his first kind Ooh, of thing. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Beanie Feldstein from a movie that we didn't mention, but also a fun teen movie, Booksmart. But yeah, I think that movie is incredible. I think it's the best movie that came out that year in a year that had a lot of really good movies. And I think that the Dodgers are the best team. And it's so hard to make a predictions, but if you forced me to make one, I would pick the Dodgers. So yeah, Lady Bird for the win. All right, so uh, since you chose uh, the best team in the National League as your final final team, I'm I chose the best team in the American League as my final pick, and that is the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, thirty-seven to twenty, led by Brandon Lowe's fourteen home runs, thirty-six RBIs, batting average is a little iffy, two seventy-four, but whatever. Willie Adams, Joey Wendell is a great is a great great squad. Uh, pitching at Tyler Glasnow is a team in strikeouts. And ERA 4.08, which isn't great. But we got Blake Snell is pretty good. And uh, Cy Young winner. Cy Young winner, Blake Snell. I'm going to give you a bunch of stats here, which I found to be very interesting that I was reading this morning. So the score of the last five games, 8-5, 2-1, 3-1, 2-1, They have a run differential that is plus 52, 7-3 and three in their last 10. On paper, they are world beaters. Unfortunately, they're the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and have been in the World Series since 2008, but for some reason are always in the mix with a bunch of guys who are good and then who make more money elsewhere because it's a small market. And the move that I'm going to compare them to is probably 
one of my favorite team movies, if not my favorite movie. We've already mentioned her once. We're going to mention her again. Amy Heckling directed this movie 22 years before she directed Clueless in 1983. I'm sorry, 12 years before she directed Clueless. Based on a book by Cameron Crowe, in which he was a uh, he was a 22-year-old who pretended to be a high school student and then wrote a book about his, what he saw in, in high school as, as a guy who was in high school six years before that. And that's going to be Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And the reason why I would compare that to, to that movie is because if I was to tell you that in 1983, this cast of movies would include a two-time Oscar winner in Sean Penn, a one-time Oscar winner in Forrest Whitaker, a one-time Oscar winner in Nicolas Cage, a one-time Oscar nominee in Jennifer Jason Lee, Judge Reinhold, B.B. Cates, Eric Stoltz, and Emmy winner Anthony Edwards, you would be like, what the hell is this movie? You mean like you've never seen a movie before? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, who, who, who are all these people? So granted, it was not really a star turn for anybody, but those, there were stars that were there. And the same thing I feel about Tampa Bay is that they're great because of the collection of people, but not great because of one guy, one individual. Fortunately, I don't have any faith in them winning it. Just like Fast Times is not the best teen movie. It's always going to be in the conversation. And Empire, which has been my reference point as best teen movies of all time, has it ranked as the 18 greatest high school movie, which is a bit strange. That's low, man. It's super low. But when you think of the other movies that were that are ahead of it, you're just kind of like, you can make a case for why they're better. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can see why that's better. I'm definitely rooting for a small market team this year. I am because I, Lord knows I can't send the Yankees. But for some reason, the Tampa Bay has let me down. And I'm not even a race fan. It just let me down as like a fan of sports. And I, I just don't, every team has got to have that that alpha, and I don't know if they have it on that squad. They just happen to be a bunch of guys who are really good together. So shout out to that that ownership. Shout out to that management team. They're able to find a bunch of guys who just happen to be great as a unit. Sometimes this doesn't doesn't work out for it. But like just like that that team and just like Fast on Virginia High, that unit together was great. So Tampa Devil Rays, 37-20. They could very easily – the AL is wide up, and they very easily lose in the first round. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, they're another one of those teams. Hearing – you know, it's hard with the record because that season is so truncated. Yeah. But uh, that's a great record for this point in the season. And they ways to beat you. I know – like, I agree with everything you're saying. I know all that stuff that they – have a really solid team but i i couldn't name like more than three guys on that team like i yeah to your point they don't I knew have brandon low and then everybody else i was like oh shit yeah uh nick anderson has six saves yet i mean they're <sighs> just like that their manager is rocco baldelli yeah yeah i mean like it's it's, it's you just sort of like yeah, I feel that way about so many of these teams. So I like it's so it's going to be really interesting to see who takes it because it's such a weird, you know, oddity of a season. Right now, I'm seriously pulling for. I do like Mr. Freddie Freeman. I'm pulling for Atlanta and Minnesota. I'm down with that. That's exciting. I mean, I'm yeah. pulling for the White Sox, but but uh, you know, trending in the wrong direction. I, I wrong direction. I, I agree. I agree. I just think you know every like we said like anybody's capable of turning it on for a month, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it's going to be whoever's has the hottest month, you know, which oh. it all, it always is. But like this year, even more so because you're not used to, you know, playing the playoff, you, you know, you're not used to only playing 60 games. Um, but yeah, it's going to be weird, weird, crazy, interesting playoffs. It's going to be fun. I mean, granted, I don't want them to, to keep a season like this going. I mean, but like 140 games actually sounds kind of rad. Somewhere yeah, well, I think certainly. Like 120? Yeah, this has shown that, I mean, 160 baseball games is 
ridiculous. Is it it's too much? We don't need that. Yeah. Or maybe do like do like a like what they do in soccer and have like a middle shit. Middle yeah, shit. or like yeah, some something, anything. You're not like, losing money that you're not having. I mean, like it's the world baseball classic could factor. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, I don't know, but something. They, they could make it look cool, but I'm like, no, it's, the, 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 I, I usually don't get into the, the baseball anyway until July anyway. So like, yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. Kind of like it kind of makes. Sense. I I reached the point like a week or two ago where I was like, oh, baseball season is about to start heating up, and then I looked. Playoff starting a week. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. In Chicago, they used to say it doesn't matter. The managers, the old manager for the White Sox, Jerry Manuel, there's this thing called the Bud Billiken Parade, which happens in late August. And he, they, they'd always ask him about like the standings or whatever. And he's like, don't ask me until the Bud Billiken Parade. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, we're, we're in a weird, like we said, a weird uh, oddity of a season. Well, we're right. good. Yeah, that's the the what and the who and the who, who and the what, who's and what's and yeah. Yeah. Baseball teams and team movies, things that do have some things in common after all. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we made it work though. That was like. Yeah, we made it work. All right, George, what are you, uh, what are you looking for? Well, I am from a DC suburb and uh, I spent a good bit of my life in Virginia and, and depending on who you ask, it's like Virginia isn't the South or I don't really give a shit. Cause that's like one thing I don't really care about, but I did go to college in Tennessee and, uh, it is Saturday tomorrow. I guess when this comes out, it'll be Saturday today. And Saturday to me means college football, and Saturday means the SEC, and the SEC is going to start their season tomorrow. I'm super excited because they're just going to play SEC games. And the SEC, historically, is the best conference in college football, and they're just going to be playing each other. And so there won't be any Alabama versus Louisiana Monroe College for the Blind or Georgia versus uh, North Carolina Acting School yeah, that's, the Trumpeteers. There'll be none of that. They're just like all the SEC teams are going to be playing 10 that's games. That's part of the reason why no, I hate college football. Which is going to be so much fun. So the SEC season starts tomorrow. I'm getting up early to watch game day. Of course, it's at an SEC school. Uh, I, I tell my friend, Julie, who hates the SEC. She was like, it was like, you people from the SEC are always like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, listen, I'm not an SEC fan. I just hate everybody else more. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't like the Big Ten. I don't like the ACC. I like I like the teams in the SEC. I like schools from the South. So they start games tomorrow, and I'm excited about it. So that's what I'm looking forward to. More uh, sports, yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to these playoffs. I'm looking forward to the French Open. Roland Garros, yeah, that's uh, which is always fun to watch because you're gonna get the man Nadal on clay where he fucking dominates. So that's going to be fun to watch. Unfortunately, Naomi Osaka is not going to be competing the quick turnaround time for her, but Serena will be, which is cool. Um, Yeah, exactly. Continuing her, her quest, you know, for more majors, which I hope she gets it. It's awesome. She's incredible. Um, Yeah. That's going to be cool. NBA. We're looking into the, into the finals yeah there's uh there's no uh nobody wins over the weekend or if the, the lakers and celtics win over the weekend you mean finals gonna start on wednesday the heat you mean yeah i'm sorry the, the heat or uh the lakers uh both win this weekend the finals will start on wednesday yeah i don't think a lot of people would have picked the heat uh myself included even though you know when we did our playoff teams we both were saying how much we liked that team we i think you would agree that we both probably felt that they were a year away, mm-hmm. um, but uh, maybe not. 
<laughs> maybe not. And uh, Tyler Hero, man, that kid, the kid can play. Yeah, I mean, it's it, when your Instagram model girlfriend is able to to stay in the bubble with you. I guess that makes a difference. I guess so. <laughs> like I said, I'm just glad his fade isn't super sharp right now because, uh, yeah, I don't like it. It's a little too high. I will, yeah, but it's at least it's like blended in now, so it's okay. not. It's not. I'm saying like when he gets it fresh cut, yeah, it's a pro- It's a problem. <laughs> but uh, audience, if you want to see something funny, Google Jimmy Butler Tyler Hero jersey. Uh, he showed up in a Tyler Hero high school jersey, which is which is incredible considering that that jersey was from two years ago. That's just like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he, was oh god. he was born in two thousand. I'm gonna go eat some Activia and <laughs> like think about how old I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Somebody put uh, some uh, Tyler Hero high school jersey. Jesus Christ! Yeah, uh, class of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that's that's cool. I'm looking forward to all the TV stuff that I've already mentioned that's that's coming um, that I haven't watched yet or or uh, movies I haven't watched. So, uh, only other thing I wanted to mention it's uh, it dropped on Netflix. It's on Netflix now because it's something that we talked about or we talked about this character before. But the the Nurse Ratchet series, the Ratchet series, it, it looks cool. It look, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really. I watched like a little bit of the trailer. It could be ridiculous. It's from. Ryan Murphy, the American Horror Story guys, which I've seen like one or two of those seasons. They're they're entertaining. It's not I wasn't I didn't watch all of them, but but I did like what I saw. It's cool, you know. So this might be like kind of campy horror stuff, but it's Sarah Paulson who's awesome. I think she's it's cool, and it's like a Nurse Ratchet origin story. And yeah, that seems seems cool. It's on Netflix. Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, I'm gonna, cool I'm gonna two minutes on not two minutes, like a minute on how I. I'm not. I don't love the Netflix streaming model in which they really saw the episode at the same time. I think it's more interesting if they did it one at a time, or maybe like two every Friday or something like that. Because I just like the the content of being able to sort of give me an opportunity to sort of get get an idea of what I'm watching. Do I like this? Do I continue? The reviews have not been great, and I don't read reviews, but I am annoyed that there are people who have seen this whole thing, just the, all of the episodes. I just want to be able to, to make the decision on my own and, and go from this. Do I want to continue? I saw half the pilot. Sarah Paulson, I can watch cut grass. Yes. So she's Marshall Clark from from the People versus OJ, which is she's she's, she's incredible. She's so incredible. No, she's in, she's getting a lot of things. I'm trying to figure out the tone of it. So I'll uh, audience, I'll give you an update of what I thought of it. I saw half, like I said, I saw half of the pilot last week. I might watch the rest of it a little bit later, but like before I go into work, I've been trying to figure out what are what are we going for here because it's like super bright. Yeah. And when I think of that character, that's not. Bright is not how I envisioned it. But if it's like, like the tone of it, yeah. But if it's like you know, watching her go into yeah. darkness over that's, the that's course of that's what I'm hoping for. So like, yeah. Uh, right now, I was like, uh, I have a shout out to my old neighbor uh, Corey Stahl, isn't it? But um, yo, he is awesome. That guy's an every star. Yeah, uh, he's a, he's awesome actor. Fucking, he's like, does he have free time? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he was he was good. He was on the deuce. He yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's like, go fucking home to your family. God damn it. <laughs> go home to your Park Slope uh, apartment. Yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking spend some time at home. You don't have to be at everything. <laughs> Other people are reading for these roles. All right, that just went out of control. Um, uh, I think uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think I think that's good. That's an, another another one. DJ Khaled voice. I'm not gonna. That's that's it. Just another one. <laughs> All right. With the uh, yeah. With that, 
we're we're gonna sign off. Everybody, stay safe and healthy. Please stay sane. Please. Uh, always uh, wear your mask over your nose. You look ridiculous when you don't do that. And you're putting people at risk, so don't be an yeah. asshole. All right, we're out. Peace. You know the world of the rough style. You know the world of the rough style.